0: This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm your host, Preston Highfield. Joining us on Metroscope PDX this time around is Aaron Goff, President and CEO of Clackamas Federal Credit Union, and Kevin Moran, Community Relations Officer. Of Clackamas Federal Credit Union. Aaron is a 25-plus year veteran of the financial services industry with prior leadership experience from credit unions in California, Oregon, and Missouri. He is passionate about the credit union movement and serving his community. Aaron serves on the Clackamas County Public Health Advisory Council and NWCUA Government Affairs Committee and volunteers for Special Olympics and a number of other Clackamas County charitable organizations. He joined the credit union in early 2018. Kevin Moran is the Community Relations Officer at Clackamas Federal Credit Union and has been at the credit union since September of 2015. He oversees the financial literacy program for the credit union and establishes community partnerships within the county. Kevin serves on the boards of Providence Milwaukee Foundation, Happy Valley Business Alliance, and Financial Beginnings Oregon Program Committee, to name a few. In addition, he volunteers for a nonprofit organization in his hometown to coordinate financial endowments for high school students. All right, gentlemen, welcome to the show and thank you for being here. Hey, Preston.
2: Appreciate being here. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. All right. So let's start just kind of at the ground level, guys. Um, Who does Clackamas Federal Credit Union serve?
2: We are a financial cooperative, like all credit unions, and we happen to serve people who live, work, worship, or go to school in Clackamas County, Oregon.
0: All right. And why do you use the phrase credit union movement? And what's that about?
2: Credit union movement is a phrase that we use in the credit union business quite a lot, and it really refers back to uh, our roots as an industry. Credit unions were born out of the uh, Depression, Great Depression in the 30s, um, when a lot of people lost a lot of money with the banks. Um, bank deposits were uninsured at that time, and there was a, a real movement of people to try to find alternatives to banking, um, ways that they can have uh, more safe, secure savings and and get a better deal than they were getting from the banks. And that's really what the credit union movement has been about for the last 80 plus years. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm sure it's important for everyone of all ages to kind of understand what a union is, what it does. Why does Clackamas Federal Credit Union spend time and energy on financial literacy training? And can you give us some insight into what you guys do with that?
1: So for us, we really value the fact that we have a community that's so, that has a vast array uh, demographics. So community in Westland is completely different of that that you would see in Malala, but everyone has to handle money in some capacity. So with that, we understand that it's very important for people to understand budgeting habits, skills that are to be applied on day-to-day basis. What I like to tell people is that we're more than just a, a financial institution or credit union. We're more of a financial resource to the community. And that's through the products and services we provide, but it's also the resources that we're able to provide as well and providing workshops providing these wonderful classes in both English and Spanish to the community.
0: Okay. And yeah, I mean, how would someone sign up for that? How often do you guys hold those events? Who's welcome? And yeah, how does that all work? As far as people who kind of want to participate in those workshops or whatever training you guys offer? Sure. Well,
2: anyone who, as I mentioned, lives, works, worships, or goes to school in the county is eligible to join the credit union. But a lot of these trainings we do out in the community, you don't have to be a member to go to those. We do workshops uh, generally once a month or so, um, normally in Oregon City um, is, a, is the spot we go to a lot. And then uh, we work with Clackamas Community College. We work with a lot of charitable organizations around the, uh, around the county. We have a great website. You can go and see all the events and things that we have scheduled. At at most of those, anyone is welcome.
0: Okay, and where would people find out more information? You said the website. Can you uh, maybe give us the link or what people can Google search, for example, to kind of figure out um, where to go? Sure. The website is www.clackamasfcu.
2: That's frankcharlieumbrella. dot org.
0: What about on your guys' side? You know, how does, the, how does how do the workshops kind of come about? How are they run? And then what's in it for you guys? Because you're volunteering your time, your energy, and your labor to kind of help inform the community.
2: Well, I'll speak to what's in it for us. We, um, as a credit union, we are not for profit. So um, we're all about people over profit. We really only need profit in that we need enough uh, income to remain safe and sound, which we are. But beyond that, for us, it's all about giving back to the community. Our mission is to improve people's lives, not to make revenue. So um, this is just one of the many ways we do that. We provide financial services. We we help people learn how to manage their own funds, how to budget, uh, how to be smarter with their money, what their credit score and their credit report means, those kinds of things and and, and other things in the community as well. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I'll leave it to you to speak a little bit to how the workshops come about.
1: And Yeah. Um, So with the workshops as to how we've gone about in choosing the selected topics, uh, we really look as to what are some common, not necessarily issues, but what are some common things that people are currently facing, whether they're looking into home ownership. So we have a home buying 101 workshop where people are able to get more information through our home mortgage team. Uh, When it comes to identity theft, as we know, that's becoming more prevalent as technology begins to get more advanced. Uh, our compliance and risk department, they do a presentation on identity theft, what to look out for when it comes to phishing, um, any kind of fraudulent activity, uh, what to be aware of, and just credit freezing things of that capacity. So we're always looking into these topics that we know are relevant to our membership, as well as the community, too, and what kind of f- issues they may f- be facing.
0: All right. And just tell us, if you could, about the recent awards that the credit union has won for its work. Yeah, of
1: course. Uh, so we this past year, we won two uh, big awards uh, for through the Northwest Credit Union Association uh, called the Desjardins Financial Literacy Award. It's given to a credit union that exemplifies uh, just how well they are able to provide financial literacy in their communities uh, at large. So they break it down through adult and youth um, awards, and so we receive first place for both for the recognition of being able to teach uh, over 50 classes. I don't know how many classes. I know it's been over 2,000 students Uh, for youth um, and not just doing it in English but also in Spanish and so to see that we've been able to expand in that through the youth program uh, that we have here it's just been amazing and then with the adult uh, workshops we're able to provide uh, we're able to cover so many different topics Uh, this past year we did 10 workshops um, covering from budgeting, identity theft, financial planning and social security and so that's always been great uh, to see and then of course we were able to implement and roll out uh match education savings account uh, as well. So that's also helping out adults who are wanting to save up for money, but it's also for the youth as well, um, where they're able to get their, uh, they're able to save some money for college and through the Northwest Credit Union Foundation, uh, they're able to get a match of
0: three to one for every dollar they save. Just generally speaking, you know, what kind of impact do you think the program is, is having?
2: Well, I'll say a little, Kevin really is the expert here, but uh, I, I can tell you that um, and I, I've been to a number of the workshops that we put on, for example, and I'm always impressed with the number of people who show up and, and uh, the need that's there and the, the you know, real desire to either, you know, learn how to better handle their money, how to dig themselves out of the hole that they may be in, uh, how, you know, how to face that overwhelming uh, fear of how do I buy a house? I don't, you know, I don't have any idea how to do that. Those kinds of things that people are really struggling with. Uh, it's really heartwarming to me to see to see the turnout, to see us help those folks, and and give them some answers and get them on
1: their way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, seeing the impact is really fantastic because not only uh, is it something new that people are learning about, especially with identity theft. I mean, people are always walking away from that, and as soon as they're walking away out of the exit, they always like to tell me that they're very excited about learning about phishing uh, and how it's still uh, common to uh, nowadays sort of see. Someone trying to put a skimmer on an ATM or they see it at a local gas station. So now they're excited to see how they can be more aware of that. Um, and then also I think the impact as well it's seen as to how our communities here, they enjoy sharing tips to one another. And so whenever we have the budgeting workshop, for example, uh, people are not only listening to the ideas that we're providing to them as to how to save money, but then we also give a time for people to share their ideas. And it's amazing because we're able to uh, have sort of a roundtable discussion with all the attendees and learn new ways as to how we can better handle our money. And for the fact uh, that people are offering up their insight as to how they can save um, it's very heartwarming. And it's also really great to see that once the members or just the community uh, that have attended the workshops. Um, They're coming out with a lot of knowledge, and that's something that they're able to share even with their friends and family and even kids, too. Um, And that's also the same can be said for when we teach in the classrooms. It's kids that they don't really get to have a discussion about their personal finances with their parents. It's still a taboo topic with a lot of them. So for us, um, I know that a lot of our volunteers that go out into the classrooms, we always get excited about talking about credit. And then just seeing kids' eyes just get huge once they start realizing, oh, hey, this is borrowed money and I have to pay interest. And that, when it comes to having to see that a credit card is completely different of that of debit, and we have to reassure it a few times so they're aware that it's different um, it's nice to see that and so it's really great to see that we're able to have an impact on this uh, on the youth
2: out here i've had examples of people come up to me at, at events years after or months after um, having some training with us or being going through some some credit counseling or whatever it may be with us and uh one example I can think of really clearly that happened not too long ago was uh, uh, a member who came up to me, teary-eyed, me and another individual, and was talking about how what a hole they were in. They were having gambling issues and they were about to lose their house. And we were able to sit down with them and work out uh, a budget, figure out a way for them to, to save their house, um, figure out a way to get around a lot of their issues. And uh, it was life-changing for that person. And that, that really is what motivates me. That's what makes me excited about coming to work every day.
0: Yeah, that's well said. That sounds like a, a rewarding profession that you guys are kind of engaging in. Um, you said something interesting, Kevin, that I want to go back to for a second in that um, talking about finances can be kind of a taboo topic in some households. And I'm just curious if you could kind of elaborate on that and, and why you think that is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, from, from, from the opportunities I've had going into the classrooms and being able to teach now, I think it's been to over a thousand students um, since I've been here. Uh, one of the questions I like to speak with uh, students in the high school is typically, all right, how many of you guys are aware to what uh, a credit card is? And if you think you know that your family has one. And so typically it's a majority of them raise their hand and I said, okay, cool, uh, that's if you think. Now let us uh, let me ask do you guys know if your parents have a credit card. And then a good, a. Ma- like maybe 50% of their hands start dropping. And so for me, it makes me realize that, okay, so parents, um, and kids, it's always interesting because I've had it with my own personal experience where parents with my parents didn't really like to talk about personal finances. Um, and then as I got a little bit older and said, Hey, let me try and help out with some debts. Uh, they became more open. And so It just depends with the majority of the families, but with a lot of the students, they always come up to me afterwards letting me know that, hey, thank you for letting me know about how to budget and then finding ways to how my parents can do it. That snowball effect methodology and paying off a credit card. I'm going to share that with them. And for me, that's exciting because it allows for a family to come together and being able to work on their finances together because that's one thing that um, should always be known is when it comes to creating a budget, the kids have to be involved in it. You can't hide the fact that you're that you're trying to save up for a certain purpose. The kids need to be aware of it, um, and if they're not, then they're just they're, you're creating this atmosphere where it's, there's no transparency. And with finances, there has to be some type of transparency, um, so kids understand the value of a dollar and that it's just not going to appear like magic. Um, if they know that they can't have it for a certain reason, then they're going to be more understanding of it, and they'll have better control of their finances, seeing that their parents are saving because they're having to pay off a bill or some sort
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely important for people to learn at a a young age. I know just at least personally, I wasn't super engaged in what what a credit card was or what debt was when you're 16. I mean, that's obviously naturally not at the forefront of your mind. But I mean, I imagine you get people of all ages who want to come in and and learn about financial literacy is there you know a a demographic that you guys focus on or is it really people from you know teens all the way through folks who are close to retirement that that are wanting to learn and why do you think it's important for people of all ages to learn about financial literacy yeah i'll take that one
1: um yeah so when it comes to the financial literacy aspect we teach primarily to all ages um as young as high school those that are in freshman sophomore year um senior as well but then also to adults, and that ranges with the all different kinds um, of ages. Given the fact that we cover topics such as social security, um, but those that are waiting uh, with PERS, uh, those that are ready to retire, so we do have a uh, financial planning 101 for those that are getting ready uh, to invest and are in that planning stage. So we do uh, provide it to uh, we do provide financial literacy topics of all to all ages and. Um, It's very important for people to know about it, uh, about financial literacy in any age really, because the more knowledgeable you are about how to handle your money, the more experienced you'll be when it comes to being financially responsible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being able to, like I said prior, uh, being able to go to classrooms and talk about credit to kids, it makes me so happy because I like letting the kids know, like, hey, high school age right now, you just have your report card and that's how you're getting your performance reviewed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you're becoming an adult, Yes, you do have your annual review at work, hopefully it goes well, Um, but at the same time, for your own life review, it's sort of your credit report. You know, it's keeping track of that you're paying on time if you're 30 days late, 60 days late, um, making sure that you don't have too high of a balance. Um, This is all gonna affect your grade and your credit. So as they become older, they become more aware of it. And with uh, being able to teach to adults, I mean, it's always nice to get a refreshing, uh course on budgeting, but it also could be the fact that they may not know how to budget, or they want to start at at their certain age, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, we all have different backgrounds, and we all should be aware of how to save, understand what the general under uh, general basis is of credit, um, and then of course identity theft. It goes for all ages.
0: Mm-hmm. You've guys have both kind of alluded to a couple different topics within financial literacy, such as you know budgeting, social security. Um, credit cards, things like that. What are some of these important topics with regards to financial literacy that you guys are teaching in? Can you kind of dive deep into that? What What do you think um, is important, at least at the ground level, when you're teaching folks uh, for them to learn about as far as financial literacy?
1: Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Um, so the I have two that come to mind quickly, and that would be budgeting and credit, just because they pair so well with one another. Um, as I mentioned, uh, with your credit score, that really becomes your adult credit re- or report card. Um, just analyzing how you're doing with paying on time, uh, how much a financial institution or a lender can trust you and giving you a loan and making sure that you can pay back. Um, So that's such an important topic because nowadays you do need a credit score to get a mortgage. You do need one to even get a cell phone. Um, Even though those Black Friday deals look amazing, there's always, you got to read that fine print as long as you have a good credit score that they're able to provide that offer to you. Um, so that's one that always comes to mind that it's just so important and vital for everyday life. Another one that, like I said, ties into it is budgeting. And for, for the folks um, that I teach it to, I tell them, look, it doesn't matter the type of income you make. Uh, one of the things that my parents always told me is that, uh, they don't, they respect everyone, but they have more respect for those that know how to handle their money. Um, that's not, not how much they earn, it's how you handle it. They have much more respect for those that know how to handle it. And that's how I see budgeting, is that if you're able to have a good grasp as to how you should be handling your money or if you are in a dire situation where you just can't make ends meet, um, look at the resources that are around you. And that's one thing we like to do with, within those workshops is provide additional resources. What are some benefits within your community that could help you out in being able to not have to dread the next
0: day? hmm No, I think that's really important. And then I have a question that I think the community will probably care about, um, which is just how is credit exactly measured? I mean, I know it's kind of, it's not, there's not one straightforward answer, but we can go online and we can say, oh, get your free credit score here and punch in some things. But I think a lot of people would be curious, you know, how credit is measured and what goes into that and what people should just be aware of to try to maintain the best credit they can.
2: Well, uh, basically, your credit. And your credit score measure your ability to handle debt, essentially. So a lot of people think if I have no debt at all, then I'll have great credit. Well, that's not exactly true. If you have no credit, that's not good credit. A lender doesn't know what to do with you if you don't have any track record. So it's good to have borrowed and to have been responsible paying back that debt. Um, and so that's what that's really what a credit score is: is a measurement of uh, how has this person been able to handle that. They want to see credit report wants to see that you've had uh, um, balances that you've been able to pay back. They want to see that you've had lines of credit and you've been responsible enough not to just max them out, credit cards, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that gets factored into proprietary calculations that boil down to a credit score.
1: Yeah, and I'll just add into that. And uh, the top, and so there's the five variables that do blend into it. And those would be payment history, again, paying on time, 30, 50 day, 90 day, uh, late payments will affect you uh, quite a bit with that. Uh, But payment history is a big one. Balance to limit ratio is another one. Uh, Mix of credit is another one. So making sure that not only do you have a credit card, but hopefully a mortgage, a loan, whether it's personal, auto, student loan, um, that gets put into the mix. Uh, Balance to limit ratio is another one that you also have to look into. And then also the length of the the history with the credit card. So I like to tell people that uh, one thing worth noting is When it comes to your length of history with credit, it's always good to hold on to that first credit card if that is going to be the oldest one, and it is weighted a little bit more compared to the one that you just got maybe six months ago.
0: Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, thanks for answering that, you guys. Uh, All right. As far as just teaching financial literacy to different kinds of folks, whether like you mentioned earlier, we're talking about different suburbs or different ages or different ethnicities, uh, people who speak different languages. Let's go that route for the Spanish speaking folks. Pardon me. Why do you think it's important to teach financial literacy in Spanish at some of these workshops and classes that you guys hold?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, as we know, there is a bit of a language barrier when it comes to terminology when we look into the financial industry. Um, and that's one thing that always makes it challenging uh, to be able to provide that content to someone that whose native language is Spanish and presenting it in English, they just won't understand it. Um, and me coming from a Spanish speaking home, I was the one who even at 13 years old, I would go to the credit union with my parents or the bank for that matter, um, and help them out and understanding what they were looking at in terms of the, of the loan, uh, the rules that went into it and the fees that were associated with it. So being able to present this information in Spanish, it's it's gonna be a little bit easier for them to understand. And uh, I try, what we try to do is we try to get rid of that jargon that's that we see uh, from time to time. And of course, it's just a matter of phrasing too. The phrases that we have in English do not blend well when it comes into Spanish. Um, so it's always important that we try to make it that uh, makes sure that it's transparent as to what we're trying to speak on, and then, of course, trying to ease the verbiage when it comes to the financial terms.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you were kind of uh, getting, getting to it there, but it, we can maybe go a little bit deeper as far as when you're presenting financial literacy courses, does it differ when you're presenting the topic in Spanish than in English? I mean, I know, like you said, there were, um, you know, different terminologies. You kind of try to, uh, s- you know, simmer down, simplify the terminology. But can you just kind of go into that a little bit deeper as far as the differences there when you're teaching um, both of them? Yeah, of
1: course. Um, so, for example, one that
0: uh,
1: that we typically, or one that one topic that I cover again, credit. Uh, I'll, just, I'll keep on using that one, uh, FICO credit score. So, Fair Isaac Corporation was the one who invented it. It's the one the credit score that's most commonly used, uh, not just in the nation but in the world. So when it comes to saying FICO, I just have to sort of present it sort of in English. It's not, I can't really translate that right. um, to something easier. Um, and then, of course, just uh, any kind of uh, phrasing or uh, something that's, uh, I guess, an expression. You know, um, when you're trying to say that once the money's gone, it's gone. And so, it I mean, it, that sort of translates fairly okay in Spanish, but trying to use some of the more cultural phrases and expressions so that way they have a better understanding as to what you're trying to get at. And that's something that is always important to do when it comes to presenting it, presenting a topic where maybe it's talking about budgeting, Um, cuando ya no hay, no hay. So when there's not anything left, there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that nature where you have to make sure that you use the proper expressions. The verbiage is also um, related to what you're trying to say if the terminology is just not wanting to blend well into Spanish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of folks would be interested in, in attending some of these workshops or seminars or everything that you guys hold. Can you just kind of give us some more insight on uh, how much time that your specific credit union dedicates to this financial literacy program and when it goes on and how many students you guys have taught or teach uh, for each of these uh, programs?
2: Well, I like think we mentioned, we have workshops every month. Um, but aside from that, we're out in the community at the, at the community college here in Clackamas, pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. We've been working with the uh, county employees, um, several of the other organizations around, county can
1: Center, Center, Camp Farm, Mountain Sandy. Yeah, there's quite a bit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. It's and, it, and it's growing
1: every day. So mm-hmm.
2: you have an idea, Kevin, how many hours we put in in a, in a year?
1: Yeah, um, so I can say that maybe within this past year, we've done over 120 hours easily um, being out and about in the classroom. I think from what I was uh, mentioned just a few weeks ago I believe we did over 150 hours just back in 2017 um, with maybe about 25% of that being in Spanish because um, the demand for financial literacy in Spanish has just been growing for us and it's been booming in terms of how many students we've taught it's easily over 2,000 um, since the beginning of 2017 to now and in this year alone we're just we're looking to surpass that even more I mean we have classes where we're teaching to an entire freshman class of a high school mm-hmm. um, And that's easily 500 to 800 kids right there. But we're able to impact so many students all throughout the county and it's just growing so much. Uh, The demand is growing and the need has always been there. So it's really nice to see that we're going to, we're one of the ones spearheading it around the county here.
0: All right. Thank you guys both so much for uh, for talking with us today from Clackamas Federal Credit Union. And thanks for what you guys do in the community with these financial literacy programs. I'm sure people appreciate it. And I know people appreciated listening and learning about it uh, on Metroscope PDX this time. So thank you guys very much and uh, keep up the good work. Great. Thank you, Preston. Thank you, Preston. Well, we were talking this time with Aaron Goff and Kevin Moran of Clackamas Federal Credit Union. Metroscope is an Entercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit metroscopepdx.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.